I don't know if she's going into their bedrooms, hitting them. They've got nightmares of my husband kidnapping them. It's just been absolutely horrific. Oh my gosh. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 207 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Well, hope everybody had a good week. Did you have a good week, honey? I did. It made me really sad this morning, though. Mother's Day was yesterday, Mm -hmm. and I started seeing all these posts, and I don't know why it shocked me, because I see them every year, but stepmoms on there, they're hurt because they weren't acknowledged on Mother's Day. Yep. You see the post, after all I do for him and his kids, this is what I get, Mm -hmm. and it makes me sad. Then there are people that still do not understand you are not the mother. <laughs> not the mama. <laughs> this is like Mari Povich in reverse. <laughs> you are <Yeah>. not the mother. <laughs> and it really bothers me because, first of all, these people set themselves up. And when I say mm-hmm. that, they're expecting something on Mother's Day, but they're not conveying that to anybody until after the fact. And then they tell people in the Facebook group they didn't get anything. But did they ever tell their significant other hey, I really would like to be acknowledged or recognized on Mother's Day. Right. Or Mother's Day is coming up. <laughs> I know. So Next Sunday. Your perfect timing. Right. So if you got your feelings hurt on Mother's Day because you're a stepmom, go to your significant other and say, hey, Stepmother's Day is coming up in two days. When this releases, it'll be two days. This is what I want. Or this is what you bought me. (laughs) Or this is what you bought me. (laughs) Buy yourself something off Amazon or wherever. And don't be crazy. Don't go buy a new car or anything. But Can you get a new car on Amazon? Probably. (laughs) But buy yourself something that makes you feel good. A pedicure manicure would be great because that gives you some self-care time. So suggest that to them. But again, you ain't got long when you hear this. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about the whole Mother's Day thing and and why why should you even expect something? Again, not the mama. Um, and this goes back to how we talk about roles. Like you come in and you're taking over this role that's not there. It's not available. You're taking on the role of mother. They have a mom. I don't care if the mom is in jail, passed away, whatever. doesn't matter that that role is just not there. And so now Mother's Day comes around, and you're expecting to be acknowledged for a role that is already filled. Yeah, it's filled by somebody else. Right. And, And regardless of what you do, I, and I get it. You do all this stuff for them, and you should be uh, appreciated, and you should be recognized, and all that. But to expect to have that happen on Mother's Day is, like you said, it's setting yourself up for um, for disappointment, right? And something to that also is, 
if you choose to do the things that you're doing for these stepkids, whether it's buying them clothes, taking them on fun outings, you choose to do those things. And you should do those things without expectations. Yeah. If you're doing them to be recognized, you are doing it for the wrong reason. Right. But now, don't get me wrong. We get it. We get that nobody likes to feel like they're efforts and things are in vain, right? Yeah, I want to be recognized for it. I just have to put that in a proper perspective and to give it the proper emotional weight because otherwise I do get disappointed. And, um, you know, I often say this, that people are disappointed because they put expectations on people that can't be met. Right. And and I know people go, all I expected was, which which is another way of saying my expectations were already low. <laughs> right. But sometimes your expect your expectations have to be zero. <laughs> yes. Because some people will never fail to just go to the least common denominator of effort to do anything. <laughs> right. I was gonna say I'm just I'm trying not to uh point out anything (laughs) specific. Well, let's just say that on Mother's Day, I expect Jackson to get me something. And then come Mother's Day, he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Then I'm mad and I'm hurt and resentful over a Hallmark holiday. Yep. My son did acknowledge Mother's Day. He got me some Bath and Body Spray. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, remember that one year you told him, you said, come on, I'll take you and we can get your mama something for Mother's Day or my birthday or something. He goes, no, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the other thing. Do you want people, now this is a big question, people. You need to think about this. Do you want people to do something for you, such as give you a gift on Mother's Day because A, they want to, or B, because you want them to. Because they have to. And let's not ignore the fact that some people don't see gift giving as something that, how do I put this? It's not a priority it's not, to them. It's, yeah, it's not a priority. It's not necessary. They don't care. It's not their love language. Exactly. And, and those for those people, and I'm one of them, like, I don't really want you to give me gifts. And because I see it that way, it's very easy for me to to fall into the trap of thinking that other people may feel that way, right? Or just or just not even think about it. Like, oh well, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to get him a gift, but is it really that important to him that I get him a gift? Because it's not important to me that I get a gift. And I say that because I know even with at least one of my sons, he's he's very much that way. He's like, he don't care. <laughs> he, appre- he appreciates that you give him something, but he doesn't care if you get him anything or not. And he also sees no reason why he should get somebody else something. Right. Doesn't care. Doesn't right. care at all. And he, actually, he's baffled when people are upset because he didn't give him something. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be something expensive. A handmade card. You know, if your significant other screwed up on Mother's Day, you think they screwed up on Mother's Day, we'll put it that way, then maybe explain to them that you just feel hurt because they didn't acknowledge the things that you do for their children, 
and their your family or whatever, and explain to them it doesn't have to be anything expensive. It can be a homemade card, and they can give it to you one day in the middle of the week for no reason. Just a, I appreciate you. That's it. But again, sometimes you have to convey this stuff to your partner because they don't get it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna categorize here. A lot of men don't get it. <laughs> they don't understand the big deal. Because for Father's Day in other countries like Germany, the men go out drinking. They don't stay home and hang out with their kids. It's a day for yeah. them to get away from the kids. <laughs> yeah. So make sure that you're conveying what your needs are to your partner and that you really put a lot of thought into these things because if you expect your partner to meet all these requirements and they don't meet them, are you going to choose to end the relationship or stay unhappy in the relationship? Or are you just going to go buy yourself something and be done? I hate all these holidays. I know. Like, you just get past Christmas, which is already stressful enough. And then you can't even get a breath in, and it's Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to, you're reeling from Valentine's Day. And then guess what? Now you got St. Patrick's Day and Easter. Yep. Mother's and, Day, and, Father's and, Day. Yeah, Mother's Day, Father's Day. It's like, geez, it never ends. But I don't <laughs> see men post the day after Father's Day of, oh, I wasn't acknowledged again for my contributions to our family. Yeah. We just we just go drink it all away. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think they care that much about being recognized or maybe they're just not as sensitive. I, I think there's there's certainly those that do. Right. But I think that they would they would feel weird complaining about it to especially on social media. Yeah. Because I think there would be a lot of guys saying Dude, really? <laughs> so they're just not going to say anything. Yeah. They'll suffer in silence. Well, but um, yeah, it's it's sad. It's it makes me yeah. sad. And if nothing else, do what you want to do because you want to do it, not because you're expecting kudos or thank yous or reciprocity, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do it because it's what you want to do. Or be one of those people that gives you like a 90-day uh, notice that it's coming. Yeah. And then a 60-day notice. And then a 30-day. And it's just like, <laughs> you can't walk, possibly forget. <laughs> walk by your uh, partner's phone and say, Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Gifts for mom on Mother's Day or whatever. So it'll pop up ads. You know, you see, this is what the beauty was of having like the the old Sears catalog because you could literally tear the page out and leave it on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what I want. Yeah. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. So you can't do that anymore. No, but for this, this year we, um, like I said, Jackson got me something and that was really sweet. His girlfriend got me something and I didn't get nothing. <laughs> Mother's Day. <laughs> and one of your kids wives Got me something. So there's hope, folks. The stepkid didn't acknowledge me, but the wife did. Yeah. But, but what, two of them did, didn't they? Yeah. Well, actually, three of your kids' partners acknowledged Mother's Day to me. How about that? Yep. And I think one of your kids did because their partner told them they needed to. 
<laughs> All right, but it's not Mother's Day. Yeah. And that's the thing about it is you wouldn't have been hurt if if they hadn't. No, no. And I actually heard one of them talking to you and said, well, we acknowledge her on Stepmother's Day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So anyway, for all of you that had bad experiences this weekend, and for the lady that I read your post that said, for all stepmoms that didn't have the perfect day, blah, 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 there never is a perfect day. It's the same thing with Christmas. If you expect things to be a certain way at Christmas, everybody to be Holly and Jolly and Molly and whatever, life still happens. And you're going to have the kid that's being a brat. You're going to have somebody that's got their butt on their shoulders, whatever. Don't expect perfect days. You're putting too much pressure on other people and yourself, really. Because it goes back to the expectation. That's why you're disappointed. Yep. Well, I know we wrote a blog in the very beginning. You did, actually, David, about expectations. And I always tell people not to have any expectations when it comes to your blend. And people will argue with me, what do you mean don't have any expectations? I said, okay, if you have to have an expectation, you can have the expectation that your stepkids will not try to kill you in the middle of the night. <laughs> that should be your expectation. Yeah. Well, in the I wouldn't put too much in the ad either. <laughs> either. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. expect that either. Well, to, the caveat to that is in the beginning – because I, I think over time you do have expectations and you should. But in the beginning, when you're building those relationships and things like that, um, no, I don't think you should have very many expectations because you'll get hurt a lot. But but over time, I think there certainly are, I hate to say normal expectations, but there are expectations that are there. For me, the expectations are not really for the stepkid as much as the expectations are there for you. Huh. So I have I have expectations of you, not really the stepkid. Okay, you expect me not to freak out if I'm not acknowledged on Mother's Day. Uh, there's all kind of expectations <laughs> I have for you. <laughs> well, see, and I, I think you and I might disagree on this a little bit because I have learned that it's not fair for me to put expectations on other people. If somebody does something that hurts my feelings, that's my issue to deal with. I can decide if I want to continue to have that person in my life, or I can say, you know, my expectations might have been a little too high with that. Well, here's the thing is, I I, I guess it depends on the, the degree of expectations you have. For example, one expectation I have of you is that you will uh, be faithful in our marriage. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's um, an expectation that I shouldn't put on you. Right. I think it's uh, it's absolutely in line with probably what you expect from me. Right. Right. And if those if that expectation is not met, there's consequences and all that. But there's certainly an expectation there. Right. Those that falls under non-negotiable for me. Yeah. There's those types of expectations. It's, it's not the trivial expectations I'm talking about. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the you know the the line in the sand expectations. Right. Those are different. Yeah. The deal breaker expectations, whatever. Those are different. Well, again, if your Mother's Day went crappy, don't focus on that. It's in the past. Focus on the future. Make sure you convey what you feel that you need out of this relationship to your partner. Sounds good. Sounds good to you, David. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know we've been yapping a little bit, but I want to bring up one other thing. Oh, you know what? I'll wait till the end. But it's good, folks. It's good. All right. So let's talk about our guest today. Okay. First, we must add a disclaimer that there is mention of sexual abuse in this episode. 
Our guest today is an anonymous stepmom from England. Y'all can't see my smile, and David's got a smirk. He knows <laughs> I love talking to people with different accents. Mm-hmm. She has been blending for five and a half years. Stepdaughter 12, stepdaughter 10, and our son 1. Hardest part of blending for her? High-conflict bio-mom? Mom. <laughs> and toxic in-laws. <laughs> yeah, toxic in-laws. Been there, done that. <laughs> Most of us have. Yes. There's a toxic one in every family. Mm-hmm. Best advice? Hit it, David. Nacho. That's right. Something unique about their blend? The hubby stays away every other weekend as bio mom refuses to allow the stepkids to be with the stepmom. Hmm. And the in-laws, not surprisingly, are supportive of bio mom's decision. <laughs> hmm. Sounds like they came in and it's going to be super stepmom and now all of it's just kind of collapse on them. Um. I don't know she, that she came in trying to be super stepmom. No, it was stepmom. Stepmom. <laughs> I think that she hasn't even been given the opportunity to try to be super stepmom because bio mom's making sure she can't be around a kid. Mm. Well, so anyway, so be an interesting interview then. It is. So y'all, let's get to listening. Yep. Today, we have an anonymous stepmom from England. Hey, anonymous stepmom from England. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you, Laurie? Good. I was so excited to talk to you. Tell us a little bit about your blend. So we've been blending for five and a half years. Um, my husband has two daughters, one who is 12, one who is 10. And I have, we have an house. Uh, child and uh he is currently he will be 18 months soon oh (laughs) yeah yeah congratulations thank you and how often do you get the stepkids we don't at the moment so you're not getting them at all no we're not so since well last week we'd actually had a two-hour session with them following on from I think the last time I'd seen them was probably 12 months before that really yes so they had been completely alienated from myself and my son their brother just following on from some family trouble and really high conflict bio mother problems is your husband seeing them at all he is and he is seeing them every every other week and he stays over at his parents' house to have them. So he, he isn't allowed to bring them up to our house. Is that per court order or just per bio mom controlling? Yeah, per bio mom controlling. Absolutely. And if he doesn't agree to it, then she won't let him come. Yeah. So he tried he tried several times to have a conversation with her. Because when, when we first had my son, so I I suffered with postnatal depression. My in-laws had caused a rift or tried to cause a rift between my husband and I. And they'd, they, they're, they're very supportive and quite, they cheerlead my, my husband's ex on quite a lot. Really? So yeah, they, they do. Unfortunately, 
so when when the rift started with us this was before my son was born actually I was quite heavily pregnant and this was during COVID times there was a lot of there was a lot of animosity I don't don't play really play by the book in their eyes I and this is I, I see a lot of these on your on your podcasts which is why I relate a lot to the stepmoms that I hear that you know they're very strong-minded, very independent, and you know will absolutely stand up for what they believe. And I've always been brought up in that way. Mm-hmm. So, I <laughs> it's something that they didn't like, and it just caused a lot of animosity between us. So, when I had had my son, obviously my husband was going through a really difficult time because he's he's a family guy. You know, he loves his family. He would absolutely go to the ends of earth for them, and. You know, rightly so, but being, you know, the outcast stepmom, it just didn't fit well within what they wanted for their son. Mm-hmm. So they'd, after I had my son, you know, I'd he'd probably got into a depressive state because they they hadn't seen my son. I got in, I had postnatal depression. We were arguing and it just, we just didn't have any support. So I don't, we, I, we don't have anyone around us. It, it is literally just me and my husband. Um, so you can imagine what it's like with a newborn just being up sleep deprived. And obviously the, uh, my stepdaughters were coming up every other weekend. There was a lot going on as well with them. We had different rules at our house and because we had different rules, there was a lot of objections from them. And obviously, bio mum was fueling that. So instead of supporting us, um, they were just fueling the fueling the fire. And so we got into a really bad argument. And uh, bio mum got rift of that and decided to stop her children from coming up. Now, you know, I can probably, if I look at it from my point of view, if I felt that my son was in an environment that wasn't healthy, I would probably think the same. But I think it was used to an advantage rather than supporting us. It was just used as an excuse to not let my stepdaughters come up. Mm -hmm. And even though my husband tried to get to reason with her, you know, months afterwards, she just she kept threatening us with social services. So it's it's been like that for 12 months now, which is really sad. And when I did see them on the weekend playing with my son, I broke down after they left. Yeah, of was, course. Yeah, I was completely emotional. I, I looked at them and I I just, you know, when you, you had seen, you know that something's really bad and you think, well, it's really bad that people are alienating brothers and sisters. But to actually see them together for the first time in 12 months was just the, it felt like someone had taken this massive pressure off of my chest and I could actually breathe for the first time. Mm-hmm. Is your husband afraid to try to go back to court? to make her give him the kids every other weekend without him having to go to his parents? So he, so he's never been to court. He's tried to do this amicably. We're very much encouraged here in the UK to sort of source it out without going to court. Mm -hmm. We've tried to take the steps to go to mediation. She refused to she did once one or two sessions and then refused to go. My husband and I then spoke to a solicitor to try and get things rolling. And that, that kind of scared her. So she, she kind of backed down a little bit. So we, we weren't asking for anything that was out of the ordinary. We were asking for every other weekend, 
we were asking for half of the school holidays we were asking for swapping of christmases swapping of easter holidays because we had never had them for christmas we had never we'd had them for easter but that's as far as she would go but school holidays she refused to give us any time with them and we had to beg to see them uh. So, you know, we tried to do this amicably. We didn't want to go to court. It was the last thing that we wanted to do. But we kind of feel now, so I probably should have said before, so social services are involved, but they're actually being quite supportive and actually encouraging my husband to go to court now because it's there's just too many arguments around contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Child Protective Services is encouraging your husband to go to court. Yeah, they are. And what does he say about that? So he didn't want to at the start. So I, I did tell him he knows that I'm doing this this podcast. And he was quite he was quite proud of me because he said that, you know, we don't have a voice. Nobody's listening to us. So hopefully he doesn't mind me saying this. But, you know, when we when we did have the problems that we did have, he he spoke to his family and his ex about what was going on, which was quite, a, you know, a big mistake. And we've worked through that and he was quite scared at that point to go to court because of he knew that obviously the stuff that he had said to them would might backfire and go you know again go against their wishes of the girls not being able to come not wanting the girls to come up to our house Mm -hmm. so he for a long time did not want to do it and I just couldn't understand why and obviously we, we got to the bottom of it through therapy so my my husband's ex decided to call up social services herself mm-hmm. to complain about so my my oldest stepdaughter is kind of going off the rails at the moment she's i'm not a huge fan of social media for for young for young children i think that it's just such a bad influence and i was just quite shocked to see some of the content that she had on her social media something that i wouldn't really expect a 12 year old to be mm-hmm. mimicking singing about videoing and when we had when we had brought this to biomum's attention she turned it around on us and she told my husband that i was stalking her daughter that i was a, a pedophile her daughter had messaged me the same thing. There was a horrific message that she had sent me. And my husband was absolutely mortified that this was coming out of my stepdaughter's mouth. This, you know, this is this is a little girl that I knew since she was seven years old. And I never, ever, I didn't recognize her at all. And she, by a moment, then rung up social services on the Monday complaining that she felt that we were well that certainly that I was stalking her and I think at that point they then recognized actually what the problem was and where the toxicity was coming from Mm -hmm. which went in our favor because at that point the social worker that was speaking to us started giving us advice in terms of what we needed to do to go to court how the report that he was writing up would be able to support that and we've seen the report and we know that if we do present that in court, that would give hopefully a clearer picture of what we've been having to deal with. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, they've shut the case. They've said they, they've got no problems. They know that my son is in a safe environment and that that's all been, that's all been squashed until recently <laughs> where my, 
my husband's ex actually after the girls had come up to see us on Sunday my husband's ex has now accused him of sexually abusing her for 10 years in their relationship she's asked the question vigilant, vigilantly saying I don't know if he brings my girls up to the his house if he's walking down the hallway going into their bedrooms at night I don't know if she's going into their bedrooms hitting them they've got nightmares of my husband kidnapping them it's just been absolutely horrific oh my gosh yeah has it always been this way absolutely yeah so it's I mean (sighs) we're obviously quite shocked that she would go that far to speak to social services but right it's always been like this when my husband has always asked for more contact, you know, when he brought up the issue of my stepdaughter singing those horrific things on, on social media, she turned around and said, well, you've done stuff when you were younger. I can't take you seriously. And if you try and take my girls off of me, or if you try and get more contact, I'm going to be telling everyone what happened when you were younger and just, just threats. It's just, and making up stories and lies and, you know, we, we've all got a past. We've all, you know, done stuff when we were younger that we just hope that nobody ever out finds out because it's either embarrassing or just, you know, we've made poor choices. But I don't feel that it should be held against you if it's something that isn't harmful to anyone else. Right. So we've always had the threat of she will expose things that he's done. And I suspect that obviously this is what she's what she's meant. But the saddest part about it all is that my husband called his family straight away to tell them what he was being accused of. And within a day, they completely reverted back and now support his ex. Okay. So yeah. things have been crazy like this from the beginning. Yeah. And your husband's bio parents support bio mom and her crazy yes and he still goes over there to see his kids yeah at his parents yeah yeah so that's got to be so hard on him because yeah that's your parents absolutely yeah they're they're siding with crazy yeah it's yeah so he's tried so hard to tell them this is what she's doing. She's she's putting me through hell. You're not seeing it. They keep saying that it's, you know, that he needs to be understanding. So if we back up a little bit, actually, she, so she was she was diagnosed with breast cancer back in July last year, I think it was. You know, that's something obviously I would never wish on anyone. It's it's awful. We were hoping, I guess, from our side, that maybe she would see some sense in letting us have the girls up here so that she could, you know, get the support that she needs. And it went completely the opposite way. She dug her heels in. She said to us that, you know, my husband had to have the girls down there even more. So, I mean, bear in mind, my son was at the time, you know, he, he was under a year. So I was, I was really struggling and he's not an easy baby. He is so demanding he still wakes up throughout the night several times. So, you know, my husband knows that if we have one bad night, it just throws off the the next day and I just can't function. And I guess if we if we think about what she if I think about what she said used to say before is that she only wanted my husband to have them one night every couple of weeks. 
And because she could see how it was separating my husband and I, she insisted that he took on the second night with them just because it meant that he would be taken away from my son and I for an extra night to add more pressure onto our relationship. We tried saying to her that if we had the girls up at our house, she could have more of a rest. And when he, she said no, he said, well, I could only I can only have the girls one night every couple of weeks because I have responsibilities with my son. And his family threw it back in my husband's face saying you're not supporting your girls. You're putting your son before your girls. You need to be here more. And he's tried to explain. But my son is really young and my wife needs my support. And they just didn't care. Wow. Yeah. So why do you think, and I know you may not know, so this could be speculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, why are they like that? Did they have a great relationship with her when they were married? And mm, I don't think so. So I, I mean, when I had first started dating my husband, they would say really bad things about her. They'd speak badly about her. They, they call her stupid. They call her, a a country bumpkin it was just it was it was just awful things that they would say Mm -hmm. and they kind of saw the bad things that she was doing but they would as they as they say they would do they would do the English way where they would just smile and just get on with it and just be friendly when they saw her but it all kind of changed when when I started standing up for myself Mm -hmm. so I there's a lot of things that I feel that they do wrong to my husband and my husband just takes it. Like I said, he's, he's just really soft. You know, they, they'd comment on my husband's weight and they'd comment on how he dressed and they'd be quite horrible about it. And, you know, they'd laugh about it. I know that he gets really upset about it and I just don't have it in me to just smile and be okay with it. And I think I'd be the worst poker player ever, Laurie. I really would because it just, it's all over my face. <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah. I can't hide my face. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's where it all started because I wasn't okay with what they were doing. And I tried to distance myself. So I didn't want to go to their house. I didn't want to, I just kept my distance. I would, I'd go to sort of family events if I needed to but I just didn't want to be in that negative environment and when we got engaged you know there was that was a big issue his mum was really controlling in terms of what she wanted out of the wedding and because she didn't get that get her way or she didn't feel that she was included as much we then became the black sheep of the family and again my husband's ex became the really supportive really you know their best daughter-in-law um so I guess it's just when I guess it's just when the agenda fits so if they're they're if they're upset with her then they're happy with me if they're upset with me then they're happy with her but do they realize what they're doing no I don't think that they do Do I really don't do you think they just enjoy him coming there to see his kids and they're like oh we get to see them every other weekend and we get to see our son yeah, so I think so they do they do feel that I've taken him away from them, so to speak. So he used to live ten minutes down the road and then when he got another job, he moved away. But it just so happened that I got a job at the same company and I moved with him. And, you know, I think they just see me as the one that took him away. And 
I think the whole dynamic changed because obviously when he was still with his ex, because they lived 10 minutes down the road, they would see the girls quite often. And now that he had split up from her, it wasn't every other weekend arrangement. So, and when we saw the girls, you know, it was all about them. It was all about, you know, making sure that they had the best time because we were only seeing them every two weeks. And then the other weekends, we had so much to do. We had bought a house. We were trying to renovate that. And then during the week, we were just really busy with work. And I just don't think that they really understood that as much as we tried to explain it to them. But all we would ever hear from his ex was how miserable the girls were and they didn't want to come up because we had different rules at our house. So, you know, it was just, it was constant conflict, I think. And although not seeing the girls for a year has been really bad, I have felt a little bit more at peace with it just being me and my son, obviously missing my husband every other weekend. But I've been able to relax more in my home. And it's, you know, I don't, I'd rather have the girls here and just for for all of us to be comfortable. But I think I've just had some time to relax. It's just, I think it's just bittersweet, really, what's happened. Yeah. I know this has to hurt your husband. Yeah, it does. It and does. you, of course. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you think that he'll go back to court? I think he is. So we've got some arrangements to speak to mediation and and a solicitor. He can't see any way out. I mean, he's he's told his family that he feels he feels like he's at his limit now, and he feels you know, suicidal, he feels, both of us have been to that point in the last 12 months where we've both felt like there's no way out. Right. Um, And then she's accusing him of that crap. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's for me, I just, I just think about my son and I just think if anyone ever accused him of that, you know, I, I couldn't imagine not supporting him. And I guess it's a, if it was proven, it would have to take a lot for me to believe it. But the fact that they are happy to just believe it now without, well, to just believe his his ex is just, I, yeah, I, I've, we've got no words. I think we're quite shocked, really, at the situation. Do his parents believe it? I don't know. I th- I'd like to say no, but I... I think I'd be lying if if I said that. I think deep down, I think that they do. Yeah. That's horrible. It is awful. And I don't know about there in the UK, but here in the States, it happens a lot. That yeah. Now, not only that the mom, I hear more about the mom doing it, so I'm going to say the mom. The bio mom will accuse the bio dad of being sexually inappropriate with the kids. Yeah. And then they go to court, spend a hundred and something thousand dollars. Three years later is proven or it's not proven. And they've lost that time with their kids. They've lost that money. And there's no repercussions for the bio mom making false allegations. Yeah. I know it. It's, it's awful awful I mean I was I was listening to one of your podcasts because I listen to them religiously now because they are just my saving grace they really are 
And I, I honestly don't think that I would would have got to this point of being more positive if I hadn't found your podcast, Lori. It's been, I just, I wasn't, I was at that point where I just, I kept questioning my character. Right. Thinking, is it me? Am I wrong? Am I the one that's the problem? What is happening? Why, why do they hate me so much? Why, why are they putting my husband through this? Why do they feel that they've got a say in where his children are able to stay or where they're, where they're able to be? And it has just been an awful experience. But I just, I feel what I do feel really sorry for are the girls. I do feel that they are, I do feel that they're being poisoned. You know, they're just being drip fed all these lies. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a case because I've, we've had a son. It's something that my husband has always said to his family and his ex that he really wanted to have a son obviously he had two two girls and then I've come along we've got married and we've had a son and it's it seems to have I don't know if she's jealous that we've you know I he's he's got that but I don't ever want the girls to ever feel that because we have our son that they are less important right so how were things before you had the baby were they any better yeah, so we were, I mean, we still we still had a lot of issues with Biomum. We still, we were always told that the girls didn't want to come up because of all the rules in the house. I mean, we we were told the girls couldn't relax in our house because we had to, we had to make them say please and thank you. Mm-hmm. And because we, we told them that they needed to sit at the table to have their meals. And it wasn't, it wasn't something because we wanted to be regimented. That wasn't, that wasn't it. My I said, my husband only saw them every two weeks. So this was our opportunity to sit down with them and have a catch up. Right. We didn't want to do it in front of the TV. We didn't want to, you know, cause that's normally what they, what they used to do at home. We just wanted to have a catch up with them, have a chat. How was school? How was their week? That was his time to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. And we were told that they don't like doing that. They don't like, they don't like flushing the loo and we shouldn't make them flush the loo and, and they shouldn't be made to wash their hands you know, they should just be able, we, we got into so much trouble for, for showering them. So if we gave them, if we washed them or made them wash themselves every day, we would get into trouble for that. She would send horrific messages to my husband on the Monday saying, how dare you make my children wash? You know, they don't need to be washed every day. And I, I, again, I think back and if my husband and I ever split up and he found someone and she, you know, was helping and they were washing my child every day. That is something, that's the least of your problems. Right. Yeah. I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, with the court system there. Yeah. Do you know if they will reprimand by a mom from, for causing all this? Or will they look at it like, well, there was no court order, so we can't say anything about what she was doing? Yeah, I honestly, I wish I could answer that. I honestly don't know. I do, after speaking to social services, though, they've said that the the judges at the moment are being trained at recognising emotional abuse. And actually, they're quite hot on it now. So anything that they, they hear from any bio parent, that the bio parent has stopped the other parent from doing X, Y and Z, and they've put those rules in, and all the all the demands seems to be going against that bio parents and, and it's actually going that. Yeah. 
So we are hoping that if we present the facts and, you know, we're not asking for war and peace here. We're asking for, you know, we're asking for, we're not asking for 50-50 custody. We're asking for every other weekend and some time in the holidays and to split Christmas and, and Easter, which we have only ever had the girls for one Christmas. And we've had to fight to see them every other Christmas. And, you know, she's offered for my husband to see the girls for a couple of hours on Boxing Day and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So frustrating. So you don't have a bond with these kids at all and they're still accusing no. you of crap. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I did, I used to have a, an amazing bond with my younger stepdaughter and bless. I think she's just, she's, she's really been caught in the middle of all this. So my older stepdaughter absolutely runs the roost. She is, she will tell the bio mum what she wants to do, where she wants to go. I think Byron Mum's too scared to discipline her. So I think she sees her as more of a friend than mm-hmm. a child. Whereas my younger stepdaughter is more like my husband, where she will she's just a people pleaser. So she will tell anyone what they want to hear. And I don't think obviously she I mean she's a child, she doesn't realise the problems that that causes. But we had a really close bond. You know, I'd I'd known her since she was four years old. So we'd spend loads of time together she'd tell me things that you know that I again I'm not saying that they're not true but some of the stuff that my stepdaughter would tell me is something not stuff that I think that she could even that she could she could make up she'd have to hear that from somewhere and my uh, my husband's exes and his family are quite they're quite racist Mm -hmm. so I've got a mixed race background and you know some of the stuff that my stepdaughter would tell me is that well mummy says that you look like a Thai lady boy and it's stuff like that which you just kind of think a four-year-old would never know what that means right where would you ever hear that from and you know it's you kind of just have to brush it off. And in, in, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I just want to retaliate. I just want to tell you exactly what I think about your mother. But you've got to just obviously step back and think, this is a child. She absolutely loves her mother. And I am not in a position to ever take that away from her. Right. Now, could you go with your husband to visit the kids at his mom's? No, I'm not allowed there. You're not allowed. No. That's what she says, or that's what they say, or both. All of them, both. Yeah. So your in-laws have told you you are not allowed at their home. Yeah, <gasps> I'm not welcome. Even if the kids aren't there. No, I'm not welcome. They do not want to see me. Girl, I. Know. I know. If I don't laugh, I will just cry. Well, that's crazy, and they're putting their son in a horrible situation. Yeah. I mean, they've, we've gone as far, Laurie, as filing for divorce through this because we just couldn't take it anymore. And it's got to the point where we could, we could apply and go further, but we've actually decided that we want to work on our marriage. And they kept asking my husband, what's happening? Have you got the divorce yet? Has it come through? It's for everyone's best interest that you get the divorce. What is happening? And instead of- I'd tell them to kick rocks, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, 
my husband's been told by the social workers, you know, and our therapists, if you ever need to discuss anything about your wife, talk to her family. She, you know, they they adore her. They love her. So whatever you say to them, they are hopefully going to be, you know, they're going to be neutral and they'll hopefully give you more advice. Whereas his family will always see the worst in me. And actually, it's been really good advice because my my younger sister, she's very sensible and they'd only met a few times because they live in a different country. But the times that they have met, they've gotten on so well. And he can, although it's not ideal, but I'm more than happy for him to go and speak to my sister to be able to understand really how to how to handle me, because I think sometimes I am a bit much and I think we all have to we all have to kind of look at our faults and and work on them. And I'd rather he speak to my sister to be able to give him more of a well-rounded view rather than just an, a really disapproving view of, of me. Right. But it, I just don't get it. I mean, I can understand if you came in and you started a bunch of crap or yeah. if you said to the in-laws, if it wasn't for y'all, Bio mom wouldn't have all this power. I mean, if you lit into them for something, I can see if that was the case, but just for no reason. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's you know we've we've come to a a head where you know things have been said, and they're very passive aggressive. So they'll say things with a smile, but say really awful things, and you know, we have, don't get me wrong, being transparent, we have had disagreements where I've, I have spoken up for myself, Mm -hmm. but that is where the problem's been is because I've spoken up for myself. Whereas they are absolutely happy to be, and they, they always call me aggressive. They, they think that I'm super aggressive. Because you stand up for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm the most aggressive person. And They've, I mean, they've sent some horrific messages to us. Uh, you know, he, he, my husband's dad has sent messages to him telling him that he's going to be throwing all his stuff out on the front lawn. And actually, he came up the next day whilst I was heavily pregnant and did it. <gasps> so, yeah, that's now, because we didn't, we didn't comply with what they were saying. Now, I'm going to say a lot of times the mother-in-law is the worst. Oh, yeah. And the father-in-law stays out of it, but you've got both of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. They sort of tag team each other, really. You know, she's the head of the family and that's the way she sees it. But I just don't think that anything is really going to penetrate that the family, really. And it is funny because my, my husband's ex used to say to him that he that she found his family very clicky she found it very difficult to sort of have a relationship with them, but she just put up with them. Now, her and I are completely different people, but to have the same opinion, you know, it there is some commonality there. Yeah, but yet she loves them now. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. She absolutely loves them now because, you know, it's it, fit, it fits the agenda. It fits hating me. It fits keeping the girls away from us. It, yeah. Yeah. So bad. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry that you have felt that something's wrong with you. Because, again, from what you've told me, and I know it's just your side, but they are being ridiculous and they are just being spiteful, mean people. Yeah. 
So they and have no, they have no relationship with your our son. No, they don't. And you know, I again, I just want to be really transparent. I don't trust them with my son. Mm-hmm. When we were first going through COVID, so I'd got pregnant, and here in the UK, they weren't. They were telling uh, pregnant women to not take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. We were told to try and stay shielded. But actually, if you could take a COVID test, and if you were going to mix with with people, that would probably be your best bet. So things had started to get a bit a bit heated between his family and I. But we we kind of just carried on and we'd asked them if, if they could take a test for for me whilst I was pregnant. And they said no. And their reason was because my son was inside of me and they didn't like me. You are kidding me. No. And, you know, but at that point, I had drawn a line and I said to my husband, I am going to distance myself because I a, do not want stress. And actually, I want to surround myself by people who actually want to be in my presence. Yes. We had then gone out with some friends to a restaurant where, again, we had done, my friends had done tests to see if they had COVID. And actually, the restaurant that we had gone to were quite vigilant about COVID. So we felt quite safe. We were, you know, we weren't near anyone. And my husband's family had seen us through a window and then sent those horrific messages saying, we're going to throw all your stuff out on your front lawn and then did it the next day. And uh, they came up in a pack. (laughs) So they came up with my husband's mother, my husband's father and both of his sisters. Oh, so they're they're in on it too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, everyone's in on it. And I said to them, you know, you're going to lose your son over this. And his younger sister said, well, why am I going to lose him? He's my brother. He'll still speak to me. And it's just, the, it's so delusional that they can behave like that. And, it, it, you know, there's proof because a few days later, she said, although we were going through a rough time, would you mind having a look over this email? And I just need your help. To him. Yeah. And he did it. No, he didn't. He did Oh, good. Good. <laughs> Go husband. <laughs> I just, what is wrong with these people? Yeah. Honey, all, it's all, not you. It's them. And why would they go dump his stuff off just because y'all went out to eat? Oh, because my husband had said to them he couldn't see them that day. And this this goes back to the fact that we, you know, we were trying to get the house ready for my son. I was painting the staircase like a crazy woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my husband was doing stuff in the house and he had to go and he had to go down near, near, near their house, but he wasn't going past it. So he went near the house to go and get my stepdaughter's new school uniform. Um, Cause she was going to secondary school and he wanted to be a part of that. And they said, would you like to come over? And he said, I'm really sorry. I've got some DIY to do. I can't stay, but I'll see you soon. And they took it as because we had then, I mean, this was at six, seven o'clock at night that we went out for dinner. And because we hadn't, he hadn't gone around their house that it was, he had done the worst thing. It meant that he was going out with dinner, out to dinner with me, but I didn't really want to go over to their house after what they had said about not testing. So, you know, I tried to distance myself as much as I could because I just didn't want to be in that toxic, toxic environment. Yeah. Who could blame you? Yeah. And all the while, I just, it it's the girls who I feel really sorry for. It's, yeah. That's just horrible. Yeah. I just, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> you, you, you can't with those people. 
No. Do you know, Laurie, even if I had the biggest achievement of my life or I did the most amazing thing and it's saved millions of lives, I would still be demonized in some way. And I need to stop caring and I need someone to be able to tell me how to do that. How do I stop caring about what people think of me? And I just cannot, I don't have the answer to that. It's hard. It's hard. But one thing you have to do is tell yourself, look, these people have no desire to get to know me for who I am. They have come to this conclusion that I'm a horrible person with no substance behind it. Yeah. And they're toxic. They are toxic. Yeah. And I know it's hard when somebody doesn't like you because you're thinking, well, what did I do or what can I do to make things better, especially when it's family? Yeah. But there are times that even as an adult, if you realize the relationship you have with your parents is toxic, sometimes you just have to stay away. Yeah. And I just think you just need to keep telling yourself what they think of you is irrelevant because you know yeah. better. Yeah. No, this is go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, I was going to say, I try to, obviously we mentioned before that they don't have a relationship with my, my son and the reasons why they don't is obviously what I've said before about COVID, losing my trust, dumping stuff on our front lawn. You know, I wanted to build their trust up with them. You know, I said that if you do want to see my son, that's fine, but I'd rather be there because what they were doing and what they continue to do is they, with the girls and all the children in the family, they will talk badly about each other in front of the children and you know like I said before my husband's father said quite racist comments I don't want my son to feel that anything's wrong with him if his his dad comes out with with stuff like that and I want to be able to be there to monitor it and I guess someone could say well my husband could monitor it but he is always undermined by his family so when one of the reasons why, again, one of the things why things were getting so touchy with my husband's family when I was pregnant was my stepdaughter got a mobile phone and we didn't know anything about it. This was done in on by you know, secret with Biomum. And we he'd opened up to his family and said, I'm really concerned. My daughter has this phone. I don't even have her phone number. It was hidden from me. And the same day that we had told them this his younger sister was slipping our, well, my husband's daughter, their phone numbers and messaged my stepdaughter saying, don't tell your stepmom and your dad, because I don't think they'd be happy that we gave you our numbers, but, you know, here's our numbers if you need to speak to us. And it's not a case of that my husband didn't want them to have her number. It was he wanted their support because he said that he didn't know that she had had a phone and it's something that he wanted to discuss with bio mum first. And it was stuff like that, that they just completely undermined my husband. And I just not, again, not that I don't trust my husband to protect our son, but I guess, I guess I'm just like a mama bear. I just, I am so protective of my son. You know, it's, I just want to make sure that he's shielded from any negative 
behavior. Right. Oh, I hate that for everybody. Yeah. Maybe, what do you think? And again, we know this is speculation. Say you, your husband goes to court and they say, mm-hmm. okay, well, let me ask you this first. How far away does Bio Mom live? So she lives about an hour away. Okay, so every other week would not be feasible as far yeah. as them visiting. Yeah. So what do you think if he goes to court and mm-hmm. they say he needs to be get these kids every other weekend at his house and buy a mom, you're crazy. What yeah. do you think is going to happen the first time they come with you? I mean, they've been fed all this crap. Yeah. So my older stepdaughter has repeatedly told my husband that she hates me. And it's words that I've never, ever heard her say. It's words that I never thought that I would hear her say. You know, we were, we were locking horns. I think when she, again, when she started having a mobile phone, when she started secondary school, I think, I mean, I think girls go through that change anyway, but you know, she kept saying how much she hated me, but that's because at bio mum's house, they've got no rules. There is no rules at all. They're allowed to stay up as long as they want. They're allowed to sleep over wherever they want during school nights. They're able to stay on online until, I mean, we we found out that my younger stepdaughter was online until four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, there's just no control. And when we've brought this to bio mum's attention, she's just said, well, I don't think that that's the case. And we've also, we also said to her that my my stepdaughter, my youngest, was looking at some pretty horrific content on social media. So she was looking at stuff like, she was looking at stuff like sexual abuse. She was looking at stuff like self-harming. And when we had brought this to Biomom's attention, she said, it's normal. We're all curious. They're just curious about stuff like that. And we were just, we were just shocked. Okay, I'm glad everybody can't see my face right now. Kids are curious, but not about <laughs> sexual abuse. If they're curious yeah. about sexual abuse, it's because they've heard an adult talk about it and they don't know what it means. Yeah. And if stepdaughter's looking that stuff up, it's because she heard bio mom say that she was sexually abused by your husband. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think about it that way. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So we, I mean, so yeah. So like I said, my stepdaughter, my oldest one has repeatedly said that she hated me and she, you know, she sent me that horrific message, but actually when they came up on last Sunday, I mean, they were really quiet. I was so anxious. I was so nervous. I felt sick. I saw my husband drive past the house because he has to drive past to reverse up to then get onto our drive. And I just held my son really tight and I thought, here we go. And they came in and they gave me the biggest smile and they were just really, they were really quiet and they just, they just played with my son, which was absolutely lovely. And well, how were they they, able to come this past weekend? Because my husband put his, as, as our social worker says, his big boy pants on. He just said to, he just said to bio mom, I will be taking them up. I, this is what will be happening. And this is what's caused the onset of accusations Ah, following ah yeah got it got it so so yeah when they did come up they I mean they they took my son to the park they had a really good time and you know one thing my husband did say was to his older daughter was 
you will be apologizing to your stepmom for what you had said in that message. I, he said, I don't care if you like her. I don't care if you, you know, if you hate her, you can feel whatever you want, but you will not be disrespectful. Right. And, you know, she kept saying she didn't want to do it. She didn't want to do it. And then she had come into the kitchen where I was feeding my son. And she said, I want to apologize for the message that was sent. And you could see the look on her face and I could see that she was just so anxious about it. And I stopped her and I said, you know, thank you so much for, for apologizing and let's just draw a line under it. Now it is, it's done. Let's not talk about it. Let's just have happy times. And she, like me, I could see this massive weight lifted off her shoulders and she just relaxed and she actually started talking to me like we had before. And then to have all of this happen this week where I just don't want the girls to feel guilty for having a good time with with us. Right. And buy a mom's going to make them. Absolutely. You know, my husband has said to buy a mom, we're a blended family. You know, we we want the girls to to come up. We want them to spend time with us. And she doesn't see it that way. She said, you've left me. You then have to see your children every other weekend and you have to see your son every other weekend. And actually, I don't see them having a relationship. I just see them as cousins. I was going to ask you about that, about who left who. Yeah. my So the relationship was over, but my husband left. You know, if we're being completely honest, he did leave her for me. You know, it wasn't a case of he was in a really happy relationship I think we, when we had started talking, it was to the point where he was, he was upset. He was said that he wanted to leave and then he did. And, you know, we got together quite soon afterwards, but in bio mum's eyes, he left, he, he definitely left her for me. Right. Well, and maybe his parents think that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. They, they definitely do. And, you know, <sighs> I can never change how what they think, but I was never given the opportunity to to actually for them to get to know me. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what? I say fortunately because yeah. you don't have those toxic people in your life. No. And things might have gone well for you. Just say none of this past stuff had happened but then two years from now they pull kind of all kind of crap yeah you don't have to worry about that you know what kind of crap they're throwing (laughs) absolutely you can smell it and you can see it and you can feel it yeah and i am so proud of your husband for putting on his big boy britches (laughs) and telling by a mom no this is what i'm doing now it will be interesting what happens the next visitation yeah. So since we've had that conversation, because we actually had a conversation with our support worker today and she'd advised my husband to take a break basically from, from it all. Cause my husband is, it's really having an, an impact on him mentally, this, the accusations and his family not supporting him. So she said, take a break, write them a letter, write them a lot, whether it's six, seven pages, one or two pages, write them a letter and just tell them exactly how you feel because it's not happening over phone. It's not happening over, over text. So write them a letter and really let them know how they, how you feel. 
So he's going to do that for the next few weeks, just take a break and just not speak to anyone. Well, I kind of agree with that. And I mean, granted, don't listen to me. He needs to do what they're telling him to do. But the kids came. They had a good time. Yeah. Then by a mom starts this crap. Are the kids going to think something's wrong or they did something wrong when they don't come the next time? And if you write them a letter, who's to say they're even going to get it? Yeah. And that was my worry about that. I think, you know, we did say, you know, if, you could message them or try and get hold of them and, and say, you know, we're we're kind of dealing with adult stuff at the moment. We really want to see you, but you know, if you do really want to come, I will come and pick you up and you can come with us. But what we're really conscious about is not having a fight on her driveway, you know, where she, cause she's done it before where she's, she's pulled the kids out of the car. Yeah. And you know, we, we don't want to put them through that. If we can try and shield them as much as we can, we will, but yeah, but you point, don't want to do it at detriment of his relationship with them. Yeah, yeah. It's such it's such a hard, it's so difficult. We, Yeah, you know, we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. Right. And the only thing we need to do now is try and trust in, trust in the court system over oh. here. And I, yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that came out my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, yeah, I. I've heard, you know, I've heard positive stories. I've heard negative stories, but you know, we've got to a point where we've just said, we've just said, we need to just trust in our characters. We need to trust in the truth. And you know, how much worse can it get? I don't know. But the bad thing is, you've got his parents against you. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like to me, and the family court system all over the world needs to be revamped. Yeah. It just needs help. But if I was a judge and your lawyer came in and her lawyer came in and her lawyer said, your honor, even the, whatever your husband would be, the plaintiff or the defendant, his own parents are siding with by a mom. Yeah. Then I would think, all right, stepmoms had to have done something. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I wish I had the answer to that. Uh, Honey, I wish I I had the answer for you. (laughs) I get, yeah. The only thing, the only thing that we've discussed is, and again, this is coming off of one of the podcasts that we've heard from Nacho Kids is, do you just step back? And go right. They're ten and they're ten and the twelve. I know that there is. They've got so much influence around them that no matter what we do, it's just not going to have an impact. So, do we actually step away until they get to the age where they're eighteen, and we can go right? Let's re-engage. Let's try and have a relationship because whatever we're doing now, it's just because we've got so much toxic behavior around us. We've got no support. Is that going to be the best thing for us? And my husband obviously pushed back saying, you know, would you do that with our son? Would you would you do that? And I said, if it meant that it kept me from doing something awful to myself and that I knew that I could live a longer life and hopefully a happier life when he grows up, 
I would take that chance because if it was leading me down a road where I was just going to, you know, go to really dark places, is that in the best interests of my son? Probably not. Well, here's the thing. Just my opinion again. Mm -hmm. Those kids are young. Yeah. And if you look at, okay, maybe when they get 16 or maybe when they get 18, they're going through those teenage years. Yeah. And if your husband just says, you know what, I'm just going to leave things alone, they can reach out to me when they get older. Yeah. They could look at it as he abandoned them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I will say, I don't know if you've heard our podcast from a few weeks ago, but David is going through some parental alienation, or I don't even know if that's the right word because the child is an adult. So let me rephrase that. So David is experiencing one of his kids being estranged. Right. And with him being an adult, we're in a different spot with this than you are. Yeah. His kid being estranged could be related to parental alienation. It could be related to several things. But for David's mental health, he has decided to cease contact and quit trying to make things better or fix things because it was making things worse. But of course, if the child reaches out to him, I want to talk to you, Dad, or gets help, then David will be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. But with kids that young, I don't. it's so hard, like you said. Do you yeah. say, okay, I'm going to back up, but I'm going to send them a birthday card, or I'm going to send them a Christmas present, but you don't know if they get them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I try to reach out to the girls and message them to say, the door's always open. We love you please come and see us when you're ready. And that was met with a whole load of abuse from said family and said ex. To you? Yeah, well, not directly to me, to my husband. And I just, you know, I wanted them to know. I didn't want them to think that because, because again, because I have such a close relationship with my youngest stepdaughter, mm-hmm. I didn't want her to think that because I've had my son that I've pushed her aside because that is so far from the truth. And that's probably what she's being told. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I didn't want to, I don't want her to feel that, you know, she's just been replaced in my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that, you know, we talk a lot about, and I I was absolutely one of these, one of these stepmoms before I had a child, I was, you know, I wanted to be really involved. I wanted to do everything for my stepkids, you know, I'd pay for half of everything for them, their clothes, toiletries, everything that they needed. I was there, cooked them meals, etc. Everything I was everything that you would label a stepmom in today's society. And it just backfired on me constantly. Um, whereas obviously my my husband's ex's partner was always a hero for stepping up to being a step a stepdad, whereas I was always villainized for being a stepmom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I was really involved in the girl's life. And since I'd had my son and I, this is going to sound really awful. I do love the girls, but I've never known any love like I have for my son. Yes. 
and it, it sounds really horrible but I would never replace my my stepdaughters no it doesn't it. sound horrible yeah it's, it's just natural different. yeah it's not that your love for them lessened it's that your love for somebody else is different yeah and your husband had asked you if it was your son kind of what would you do yeah and you said if you knew that he would have a better life if I stepped back then I would yeah you don't know that now, if you knew or you could guarantee that these kids would be better off not dealing with this crap and dad just backing off, they would have a better life till they turn a certain age, then they reach out to dad and everything's great. Then, yeah, yeah but you don't know. And right. they are at such, I know they say kids are, I think, what, up to age five is when they absorb everything. Yeah. But these kids could easily go through their teenage years and all the hormones and craziness and think my dad replaced us with stepmom and our brother. Yeah. And I would never want them to feel like that because that is not the case. Has you anybody know, they, thought about therapy? Oh, God. We're, so we've suggested having a big family mediation so that there's no hearsay of she said this, he said this, blah, 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 mm -hmm. or any paraphrasing. And I think my husband is going to suggest it. You know, we certainly, like I said, we go to therapy because I think it's really important. My husband and I have got very different communication styles. I want to get stuff sorted out right there and then. I need to get it done. Mm -hmm. I need to talk with others. Whereas he's very much like, well, back off woman. I need to. I need to think about this. I need to absorb this. And I'm very sort of half an hour later, I'm like, right, have you thought about it? And he's like, God, good grief. Can you just give me some time? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we, we have to go to therapy to talk things through because we need someone there to be able to either shut one of us down or both of us down. And it's worked for us. It has really helped us understand and communicate. And actually we've been a lot more open with each other about how we feel and you know because before none of us cared about how each person felt we were just kind of going through the motions of this is how I feel that's how I feel but when we weren't actually understanding or supporting each other through the emotions of what was happening so I think therapy is a really good thing I am very pessimistic about whether they would go or not but my husband will be suggesting it because I think you know we're going to throw everything at this because if we don't, we will just walk away regretting that we didn't try hard enough. Right. Yeah. It's such a sad situation. And again, I'm sorry that your in-laws and the ex are such douchebags. And I don't know what <laughs> douchebags means over there, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. <no. laughs> oh, yeah. No, thank you. It's It's really good to be able to. And like I said, anyone who I've recommended your, your podcast to a few friends of mine actually who have been going through the motions of wanting to be involved in their stepchildren's lives but having to sort of take that step back and knowing that that's okay I you know I remember telling my husband at one point that I'm tolerating his children and he was so offended and I got really upset thinking why would you even say that about them <laughs> but you know it's you do I have I am tolerating them whereas with my son you know, he's got me wrapped around his little finger. He could do anything and I could get upset, but I he'd give me these puppy dog eyes and I'm like, come and cuddle me, please. Exactly. Your kid can yeah. look at you and say, I hate you. I wish you'd burn in hell. And five minutes later, they can just come 
hug on you and you're okay. Yeah. Your stepkid yeah. does it and it's like, I, it's, fine. I, if you feel that way about me, you just stay away. And it's harder yeah. to overcome that because you don't have that unconditional love for them. And it's not that you do it on purpose. No. It's just nature. No. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like I said, I've I've recommended your podcast to a few of my friends because I think that it's really helped me put things into perspective. And my husband listens to your podcast as well. He listens to all of them, all of the ones that I do send him, I think, oh. are relevant. Hey, and, husband. You know, <laughs> and he he absolutely he gets it now he understands and it's helped us really understand the dynamic that we want our blended family to go in and hopefully one day when the girls are able to come up to us on a regular basis I can put into practice the nacho stuff that I've been learning it's something that I want to you know we've spoken about joining the academy as well because you know we don't just want to listen to the podcast we want to put stuff into action but obviously, until we get to that point where we do have the girls, we just want to we, we just want to be prepared and just be able to throw everything at this. Like I said. Yeah. Well, I will suggest that, first of all, when your husband hears this husband, I don't want you to think I'm bashing your parents, but they're just not being very nice people. Because I know it's one of those I can call my mama a witch, but you can't kind of thing. Yeah. But. I want you to seriously do things for yourself. Keep a gratitude journal. Every day, write down three things that make you happy. If you can do it in the morning and you can do it at night, that's even better because that way you wake up and you start your day off with it and you end your day with it. Yeah. Because this isn't about you. As much as they want to blame you for whatever, this isn't about you. And I will be surprised if these people don't at some point say, oh, my God, we missed out on our other grandson or on our grandson because of this mess. Yeah. So this isn't about you. And don't think it is. If you think it is, put a rubber band on your wrist, smack it. (laughs) Be like, it's not. I'll be doing that all day, Laurie. I really would. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least I didn't say smack yourself in the face because that would have been bad. Yeah, but I I get it. It's hard not to care what people think. It's hard not to feel like that you're the problem, especially when they're saying you are. Yeah. But I actually wrote a blog not too long ago about toxic relationships. And it's hard to let things go sometimes. And for you, it will be easier to let things go with his parents as long as he's not around them so much. Yeah. And surely I don't think he wants to be around them when they talk crap about you like that. No. And I think that's where we've kind of got ourselves into a bit of a circle of it's he goes down and and has the girls down there. And even though he's saying to them, this is not okay, I want to take my girls up to see my son. They don't listen. They just see the fact that he's come down. And that's what reinforces their belief that he's okay coming down. And that's where we've just got ourselves into that vicious circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that even if the court thing happens, it might be beneficial for you and your husband or even separately for y'all to talk to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that's important. You know, it is something that we've done in the past and it has helped us. 
But yeah, I do think that what is happening at the moment is it, it's not going to go away anytime soon. And I think the trauma from it is going to last quite a significant time. So we do need to have that support. I'm in all in favour of going to get therapy and going to get support for mental health because it's it's just something you don't really want to play around with. Right. We do have a course in the academy that's called Change Your Stinking Thinking. And we recommend that people take that after they do the boot camp because you kind of have to have the foundation of the boot camp first to get to the right place for it. But I loved doing that challenge. Yeah. And it is so beneficial. And I'm going to edit this part out. But I can tell you a lot of what's in there. So you can work on those things because I want you to be in a good place for your son and not be drugged down by all this other crap. Because before you know it, your son will be three or four and you're thinking, oh my gosh, how much time did I spend mad or upset about this other crap that I didn't spend time with my son? Yeah. And that's something that I've reflected on. I used to to cry every time my husband left every other weekend and we used to have rows every time he was down at his parents to a point where I just said to him actually do you know what I don't want to speak to you I don't want to hear from you when you leave that door on a Saturday morning I'm going to pretend that you don't exist because the time that I have with my son is being ruined and he's just watching me cry over something that I've got no control over but what I do have control over is just pretending that you don't exist, which again sounds really awful, but it's the only thing that got me through that that tw- those twelve months. Yeah, because you're thinking, well, if I were you, I would be thinking he has to go down there and see them, and they're playing happy family, and I'm excluded, and I'm the bad person, and it it can spiral. Yeah. Well, that's exactly how I felt. It was. And I thought, am I being childish by feeling as though I'm just being left out? But I think, I think it just, it is, it, you know, we are, we were just being completely segregated from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're helping do that. They're helping facilitate it. it. Absolutely loving it. Well, I am so glad that y'all did not get divorced and that y'all are working (laughs) on your relationship because I'm going to tell you, and I know if husband hears this, he'll agree with me. If y'all split up, guess what? They're going to do the same thing to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to play the same game until they are made to stop. Yeah. And that's what I said to my husband. You know, it's, it's all well and good. And, you know, they, one day his parents are going to pass on and, you know, that is going to be a very sad day for him, but that's going to leave him with no one. If, if this carries on, you know, he's, He's got a family with us and if they if they're gonna rip that apart when when they move on or when they pass away, he's not gonna have anyone. And who's gonna be losing out? It's it's not them, it's it's gonna be my husband. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your story. And I know there were things that you said, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank goodness people can't see my mouth drop and hit my desk. <laughs> It's crazy. It's been really, really lovely. Thank you so much. And, you know, like I said, I am an avid listener to your podcast. It it really gets me through the days where I just don't think I'm going to get through. So I'm so thankful that I did find 
did that I did find you and I love listening to you and David I love the first 10 minutes of every podcast and you know the joking and you know it's it, it just it just fills my day with joy when I when I do get to listen to it well, I'm so glad and I am so glad that you actually said that about the first few minutes where we're talking <laughs> I know sometimes it might be 10 minutes sometimes it might be 30 when we get on a roll but really some of the complaints that we've had is about that first beginning part the intro part no I it, it makes things real it just yeah it's not you know you're not just talking at us you're just you know it, it feels like we're in the room with you yeah like we're I hanging think. out absolutely yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I know um I want you back as a guest oh I'd love to be back and I'm hoping that you're going to tell me that the court burned BM a new one for acting like she was and that his family has apologized to you and offered gold and silver and myrrh and <laughs> whatever else to make amends. And, you know, even if it's not that far, I just hope the next time that we talk that things are better for everybody. I hope so, too. I really do. So I'm going to make a note. I want you back next year. Absolutely. I will. I will make sure I put that in my diary. OK. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Laurie. So I want to share something with y'all. The other day, <laughs> David knows where this is going. I don't know where this is going, but when it starts yeah, with do. the other day, then it's got something to do with me and it's something I did. The other day, <laughs> David and I moved a refrigerator from our laundry room to the garage. Well, David and Ethan did. So there's a mess in there, right? And <laughs> now I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that when you started with the other day, I yep. was in trouble. <laughs> so David opens this little closet that we have, and he decides to take some stuff out of it. He leaves part of it on the floor. The other part he takes out to the garage. Now, I left it on the floor for you to go through because you won't let me go through stuff. Let me finish my story, David. <laughs> Please, sir. Thank you kindly. But I already heard the story. But our listeners have not. <laughs> and I need support. <laughs> so I go in the office to do something and I hear David say, you got a mess in here to clean up in this kitchen because the kitchen's right beside the laundry room. Well, of course, that was like somebody lit a match and stuck it to my butt. And I said, do you not think I'm aware of that? And there was a pause, a pretty long pause. I was thinking. Uh-huh. I know you were. <laughs> Because your reaction to or response to that could have, it would have determined how the rest of the day went, right? That's why there was a pause. Yeah. So he paused and he said, well, I was just telling you that if you need me to help you when I get through doing what I need to do for work, then I'll help you. And I'm thinking that was a good save, David. It was, wasn't it? It was. I was impressed (laughs) because that's not where you were going with this. (laughs) <laughs> but you were smart enough to realize you needed to change tracks. <laughs> so that was good. He goes outside or wherever he goes because he's got to do work stuff, right? I go in the kitchen and the laundry room and I start putting stuff up. I'm three quarters of the way done. And I said something to myself like I was going to put something in the garage or whatever. I go out there and David is asleep. A-S-L-E-E-P. I was just resting my eyes. Asleep. I was wore out. Moving that refrigerator was rough. 
But he had to make sure that I knew how much mess I had to clean up. Then, on top of that, folks, let me tell you what else happened. (laughs) He comes in there while I'm putting some stuff up and trying to organize the laundry room again. And he goes, well, what about da-da? And he goes, never mind, it's your laundry room. Oh, thank you, kind sir. Thank you so much for giving me a laundry room with a wash machine and a dryer and clothes hangers and laundry detergent. I so appreciate that, David. What kind of crap is that? (laughs) Oh, thank you. You get the garage. I get the laundry room. Oh, I am so appreciative of that laundry room, David. I walk in there every day. And I say, I have the best husband in the world. He gave me a laundry room. Woo! Not. I thought I was being quite mm, accommodating. Accommodating? (laughs) I made sure you had enough room to wash clothes and hang them up without any impedance. I don't want anything to impede you. Oh, that's nice of you. Crock of crap, David. Crock of crap. <laughs> that's like giving your wife a vacuum cleaner. Well, you can't use vacuum cleaners because I like vacuum cleaners. That's like you, you don't <laughs> use them. You just buy them. I d- oh, I'm hanging up this freaking <laughs> podcast. See, see y'all. Them smart aleck comments. I vacuum at least four times a week. But how would David know? Oh, he wouldn't. Because he's not around, and I don't give him a detailed action plan of what Lori did today. Maybe you should start doing that. I need to have a a checklist of what you've done for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) All right, folks, thanks for listening. As always, just remember, life is good when you nacho, and we will see you next week, or at least I will. listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.